episode 64. And I think Jack Eichel did everybody a favor last night. Jack Eichel showed everybody his true colors, Craig. That's one you, that, that you think, you think uh, he showed him everybody his true colors. I think his comments after the game spoke to exactly what I think a lot of people knew Jack Eichel was, uh, but he did a great job over the years of trying to hide it. And I think he did a great job trying to hide it as he came in here and said, Oh, there's no hard feelings. There's no animosity. I think you're, I think you're completely wrong then. I've watched this kid for years act like a complete shithead. He's a whiny little brat is what he is. He's a spoiled brat is what he is. And last night, let's get into it. Okay. Watched all, I watched his interview and I laugh at it. I laugh how embarrassing it is for him. He is such a whiny little brat we watched it since he was 18 years old and you know what i addressed it when we were back on our other show where i was sitting in the studio in the studio on live radio broadcasting across msg tv and i've got someone speaking in my ear saying you can't say that craig can't say that calm down craig told the company line here craig Nope, can't say that. And everything was true. Everything was true. It's disgusting. It's disgusting how he speaks and his emotional level. He can't control himself. He can't control himself. He's a kid. And you know what? At 18 and 19 and 20, when we watched him, you know what? Everybody just kept on saying, well, he's still really young, still just a young kid. So let's fast forward now to year seven in his NHL career. Are we surprised with the shit that came out of his mouth last night? He's a joke. He's an absolute disgrace. You know, good riddance. Good riddance, Jack. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for handing us two points. Boom, shakalaka. You got Vegas Golden Knights. They're one of the top teams in the league. They could win the Stanley Cup. Bullshit. They might not even make the playoffs. Anybody who has not looked at the standings, go and look what Jack Eichel's done with Vegas. See you later, Jack. Absolute emotional train wreck he is. And I, you know, I sent a text to you guys in the group chat last night during the game, and I said, I think Jack's rattled. I think he is rattled. At what point, at what point in his life when he's let's let's just go to Boston University for a second. No, no, no. Hold oh, on. No. Hold on. No. Stop. No, stop for a second. Go before that. Stop for a second. When he's at Boston University dominating, okay? And he's going to go second overall. Do you think that it, it, there's any point during that time where he's sitting there thinking that it could come to what it came to last night? that the team that's going to draft him second overall will one day boo him when he comes back to play. I don't think that he ever in a million years could have predicted that. I don't think I, there's, there's no possible way that any, any kid in his scenario is going to sit and think that things could get that bad between a young star player 
and a franchise and its fan base. It, it was unbelievable to see last night. I was happy they were booing. I'm not even I'm not even kidding you when I say this. I was so happy they were booing because I've seen players come back and play against their old team and they cheer for them. They you know, they 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 applaud them. You know, they it's their way of thanking him for their time. But again, I'm going to go back. This fan base isn't stupid. This fan base is not stupid. And what we saw last night, his, you know, his shots, I you know, last night if you had asked me, I would have ripped right into this kid. I would have ripped right into him. You know, but then I, I started asking myself, like, like, did he mean it the way he said it? Was it Jack trying to be sarcastic? I, I know the answer is yes. I know he's a dick. He's a dick, plain and simple. And he was a dick before he came here last night, and he'd ruffled a lot of feathers around town. Uh, he'd ruffled feathers within the organization. So, you, you know, I, I tried so to give what are you the, gonna do? Are you I gonna tried to give him the benefit today? of the doubt. No, I'm well, not. I'm not. I I, well, I it thought sounds about, like you are. No. It sounds like you're defending him. No, no. No. I didn't just I I didn't just take the 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 one-dimensional path on it. I tried to dissect it a little bit and say, okay, did he mean what he said? Was he what he was clearly trying to deflect his emotions and he doesn't know how to handle it. That was that was a, uh, an attempt at, at deflecting, you know, from Jack has never dealt in, in his entire life in this game with adversity. Never. OK. And you talked about Boston University. How old was he when he was at Boston University? I think he was 18. No, he was not. He was 17. Uh, he's a late he birthday, actually, though. He he? A, no, oh, maybe he was 17. He actually, um, from what I understand graduated high school year early okay but i'm gonna go way years before this i see the entitlement of young players today i see the entire entitlement of young players that play at a super elite level and i'm talking I'm talking going back as far as when they're 10 years old, 11 years old, 12 years old, 13, 14, 15. They play on their top end teams. A lot of them play up a level. Um, they, 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 you know, they move into spring hockey. They gather with their superstar um, um teammates from other teams across the country they make all-star teams they win tournaments they win scoring titles and jack eichel was the pinnacle of all of that jack eichel's shit didn't stink in boston okay he was a dominant force at a young age he was entitled beyond entitled everybody telling him how good he is and how great he is Okay. He forgot to work on the most important part, and that's being a good person. Okay. Jack Eichel's a piece of shit. Flat out. He's immature. He's entitled. He walked in and he did not know how to deal and how to galvanize a group of players here in Buffalo for years. He wanted to be captain. He's the farthest thing from a freaking captain. Okay? Just because you're a good player and you're the best player on your team 
is not a captain. That's just a really, really good player. How about Jack the did not galvanize this organization, this group. There was, there was, there was failure, but Jack didn't understand how to deal with failure. He didn't know how to care about other players and what they were going through. Jack only cares about himself. He doesn't give a shit about anybody, about himself. And now all of a sudden he's in Vegas. He's in Paris. You're, you know, he's in, he's in, you know, a fairy tale. Look at me. I'm playing on a, on an NHL Stanley cup contending team. No, they're not. No, they're not. And Jack dealt with a hungry team last night that, that is starting to play for one another. They are. Kevin Adams, and, and you, well, Kevin you, Adams is galvanizing. Well, you team. use the word galvanize. And I don't want I'm not, you to I'm not done. I just have I, to add one more. Okay, go ahead and add it. Don Granato. Donnie boy. Meatball. Okay. He is galvanizing this team. He does not have the troops that we need to make the playoffs right now. But Don Granato has done a hell of a job. And I might, you might differ a little bit in your, your opinion on this. And I know that we've talked about it at length before, but I do believe Don Granato has done a really nice job with this group. I, and you say Geico after the game last night showed exactly what we've seen bottled up for six years. You say the word, you say uh, Jack Geico never galvanized this team. I, I'm, he galvanized this team last night. This team wanted to win that game last night and spoil his parade because they knew Jack wanted to come in here and score one, two, three goals and just give a big fuck you to the team and the city and everything and just show that, hey, everything's great. I'm in Vegas and I'm loving it. I think last night, you watch going forward. I mean, this team was starting to show some good strides. You know, the, the game against Toronto, they had another nice win before that. I can't remember who it was against. Uh, might've been on the road. Was it Minnesota at home? Actually might've been Minnesota at home, but I can't remember who it was, but it was another good team that they beat and they wanted that last night. They wanted that win last night. They knew the magnitude of that game for Jack. They knew the magnitude of that game for Alex Tuck and Peyton Krebs. And how amazing is it that those two guys scored Peyton Krebs opens the scoring and then Alex Tuck busts his ass late in the game and shoots a bad angle shot top corner to ice the game. I mean, Jack's comments, Jack's comments after the game, I, I did not see them coming. I didn't. I didn't see them coming. And I can't tell you enough how much I was looking forward to seeing them. I was yeah. because it was just it was another typical night for Jack in Buffalo, a loss. Not a great game by him. He looked okay at some times. Not a great game by him. He did nothing. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't do much. Um, saw him back check a couple times really, really hard, which I yeah. thought was, was a nice addition to his game. But his comments afterward, and I, all I kept saying to myself was, can, is he going to be able to keep his shit together? Is he going to be able to? Well, you, you heard the comments about, wow, Pat Brisson. Super agent. He's done such a nice job 
with channeling Jack and how to speak to the media because Jack said all the right things leading up to this game here in Buffalo that everybody knew around the National Hockey League would be a huge, huge focal point. And Jack said all the right things. And everybody's praising Pat Brisson because, wow, Super Agent has told him and guided him on what to say and what to do. Well, here's the thing. This is the best part about it. Jack's terrible at talking to the media. Like, I mean, without question, the worst player in the National Hockey League. I have said this for years with how bad emotionally he is when things are not going well. He is an absolute train wreck. And we got to see this because you know what? Pat Brisson can't run into the dressing room after the game and have a sit down with Jack before he goes out to speak to the media. That's all Jack. All the stuff before was probably, I wouldn't say scripted, but was basically told what to say. And yeah, borderline rehearsed, I would say. Yeah. And now all of a sudden you got Jack in a tough situation. Okay. After and a game that everybody thought they were going to win. And, and you know what I love about this? I'll add, I'll, add an, I'll add something else to this. So I'm sitting there looking at Jack and everybody is losing it. I must have had 50 calls and texts last night after Jack's comments. And then I had to send my little tweet out last night. Are we honestly right now upset about what Jack said? We've been watching him for years with his pouty little, you know, oh, poor me, you know, like he, he is an absolute train wreck talking to the media. He is such a little suck. It is unbelievable. His little head bobs and looking at the ceiling and, you know, like, oh, like, you know, I make $10 million. Like, I don't even have to talk to you guys. And it's absolutely disgusting. I've been saying this literally for years, you know. Tried to get stepped on by the, you know, the other, uh, the other uh, show. Can't say that. Can't say that about Jack. Jack's our guy. Total, total company line here, Craig. Jack's a piece of shit. He shouldn't have been the captain. He's a great hockey player. I've said this for years. He's a great hockey player. Okay. He is not a good person. And I shouldn't say he's not a good person because I don't know Jack off the ice. Okay. Heard a lot of crazy shit. But I don't know Jack off the ice. I will just tell you what I see as a former professional that played 16 years in the NHL that dealt with the biggest media um, coverage in, in Montreal in years. So I know how the media, the questions that are asked, what they're trying to get. I know it all. And Jack has failed miserably. Miserably. And my point is this, Petey. You sit there and you look at players that are dealing with adversity. You are looking for players that after tough, tough losses, maybe even a string of losses, five, six, seven games, that you have the same players going out, dealing with the media, trying to stay positive, understanding what needs to happen. I look to guys like Kyla Poso that have been on this team that is literally, you're talking about a goddamn leader. 
Kyle Poso is a poster child for leadership. He's a poster child for how you want your young players to, to watch Kyle, how he interacts, how he trains, how he deals with adversity. Leaders come out when you're not winning all these 10 games in a row. That's not when the leaders come out. Leaders come out when things aren't going well. They support. They try and help others. They're not just worried about themselves. They're worried about others. Kyle Oposo, you go look at Alex Tuck and how he speaks to the media. Go and look at Alex Tuck and how he speaks to the media after losses. Not last night. Last night, he was the the golden child. He's the superstar, scored a goal, big emotional game for him, huge smile on his face. Not asking you to go look at Alex Tuck there. Go look at Alex Tuck and Kyle Oposo when things are not going well. There are your leaders. How about the comment when he said, maybe they're just booing because they wish I was still playing here. Oh my God. It's just so it's, it's, I'm embarrassed for him. I'm in, I'm embarrassed for him. I, I am. And, and the reason I am is because you could see how bothered he was by last night. That's what I loved about it. Like I, I didn't know what I was going to see last night. Okay. So I'll say this, that game was by far, that game was by far the most anticipated game and excited, exciting, most excited I've been for a game in 10 years. Last night, with when it comes to when it comes to the Sabers, last night was the most excited I was to watch a game in ten years. Okay, okay. Why? What? What made this game in particular the hype rate? The the return of a guy that that we threw the season away for uh, as a consolation prize, the guy that mm-hmm. we gave ten million dollars to way too soon. A ten guy million that gave ten million per season for ten for eight years. Sorry. Um. A guy that you gave the C to, a guy that was was brutal in interviews, a guy that that uh, I don't want to throw stones at glass houses here, but I mean, you know, didn't necessarily have the best rap around town. Yep. You know, and and you see him come back, and you're like, what is going? What is going to happen tonight? What is going to happen? What's he going to do? Is he going to? Is it going to be a magical night for Jack's return, where he just walks out of here and he's like, "Oh my God, I'm so happy to be gone"? Or are the Sabers going to make it miserable for him and maybe ruin his night? I didn't know what was going to happen in that first period. Oh my God, that first period! I'm just sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, "This is amazing." Second period, Vegas dominated. Third period. You could really sense that Vegas was starting to grip their sticks and they wanted to win. They've been, they were getting shit on in between periods by DeBoer and the game just lived up to the hype. I mean, it lived up to the hype because any which way you spin it, it, it would have been, you know, it, it, it was, it was, it was destined to be some kind of a, of a big night. It just, it just was. 
It yep. was. I mean, you could see it. You don't think Jack has identified the attendance issues with this team or seen them all year long as he as he's watching and hearing people complain about no fans and no atmosphere in the arena, and then he shows up, and then you have the largest crowd of the year, and they're yeah. not, and and they're not there for uh, they're not there for anyone else on Vegas. If Jack Eichel weren't on the Vegas Golden Knights, that attendance would have been seven, eight thousand as it yeah. normally was, and then he shows. You up. got he- to see a little taste, a tiny, and I'm gonna say a tiny little taste of what this city and what this fan base is all about. I keep, I've said this to you many times over the last number of years, Petey. I absolutely hated Buffalo when I came here, when I was playing with Montreal over those 12 years, this fan base is mildly insane. They are one of the best fan bases in the entire NHL. And that's why it is so absolutely off the chart. Amazing how Jack can sit there and say that the fan base, that's the first, that's the loudest they've heard them. They supported this team for years, and I mean years and years and years through failure. They stuck through all of these GMs, coaches, player movement. They have stuck with this team. This is the first year that you can honestly say, and you've been here for a very long time, this is the first year that we've seen probably a fan base that is showing their ownership slash management team that they're not happy anymore. They can't do it anymore. But I'm going to tell you this. It was not packed last night, but the fans that were there, it seemed like there was 30,000 people in the stands last night. What a dick thing for him to say, though. That's how I'm going to end that. I just sit back and I think, you know, never could I ever imagined that Jack would be getting booed by Sabres fans in a game that the Sabres won. You know, Krebs scores, Tuck scores, Tuck looked great. Two fights. Two fights. John Hayden. John Hayden. That team came ready to play last night. The Sabres came ready to play. They wanted to spoil the Jack Eichel parade, no question. No questions asked. John Anderson. What? John Hayden. I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give him a pat on the back. That's what that big man. He's a big, big, strong man, and he can play the game too. You know, he can play. He is. He's a really solid addition to this team. If he plays that style, that doesn't mean he has to fight every night. I'm not asking him that, but he. If he is a a missile out there, a dangerous missile that plays with high energy, who's very physical that drives the net hard, that makes it a nightmare on on uh, the opposing defense, this kid is going to have a really strong career in the National Hockey League. He needs to do this more. He needs to have that energy and grind and physicality and nastiness in his game. He is a big, strong kid that can play in this league. And if he does that, and supports this team, he is going to be a nasty guy, and he's gonna he's gonna be turning a lot of heads 
I love what he's doing right now. He's got to continue that. That's a big, big, big uh, need on this team in particular. He needs to support and have all of those top-end players. They need to feel supported by John Hayden. And I say this one more time. They need more like John Hayden. They need a couple more like John Hayden. And I'll say this, Fitzgerald, Casey Fitzgerald, he's not a big guy. He is not a big guy, but he plays like he's six foot five, 250. He has a heart of a lion. I hope he's okay. Um, not sure what happened in, in the fight. It, it, it didn't really look like he, he got hit that would, you know, maybe, maybe he did just get clipped with a punch. Maybe the, it's concussion. You could tweak a knee. You can tweak a wrist. You can tweak a shoulder. I hope he's okay because that kid's played real well, and he's actually added some jam to a much, much needed, um, you know, part of that team. I thought what Keegan Colasar did was a little over the line. Yeah, I mean, I, it was terrible. We, well, you fight enough times, you know, I mean, he, you know, that stuff's going to happen. But, I mean, you know, I, I hate to use the word code and all that stuff. But, you know, that's, you know, there's there's a line that is, that's crossed. And when the refs are there and the refs are holding on to a guy and he's on the, he's sitting on the ice, you can't punch him two more times. Yes. And one And one landed. One landed, one landed. square. Yep. You know, I mean, you can't punch the guy two more times. And I, I like Keegan Cole. Sorry, you you brought his, uh, him to my attention. Um, you brought him to my attention when uh, a couple years ago when he started to come on the scene in Vegas. You know, you talked about this monster about this kid, and I, you know, and I, I like the way he plays. He's 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 a good hard nosed player, but that was bullshit. That yeah, was well, bullshit. I'll take last that bullshit. Any day of the week because Keegan Koslar went in to stick up for a teammate, and that's just what you do. You, I, I, I am a big fan of him. I think he would look incredible in a uh, in a Buffalo uh, uniform because he's exactly what we need as that big, big physical. He can fight, but he can he can put up points. Like he's got eighteen, he's got eighteen points this year. And he can fly. He can absolutely fly. But he's he's a big guy, 6'2". He's 225, 230 pounds. He's exactly what the Buffalo Sabres need. Craig skill Anderson. Skill up top, high-end skill up top. You got your guys that are just going to take care of the junkyard dog stuff on the, on, on the bottom. And, and, and they love doing it. Craig Anderson, 300th win last night. I mean, the team had a number of reasons to play. Teams had a, the team, the Sabers last night had a number of uh, of reasons to show up and and put on a good game and they did. I think a lot of it had to do with Jack's return. They wanted to squash that. I think the energy of the fans helped them. To be honest with you, um, I think uh, you know the magnitude of that game and what the game meant to the entire franchise. You know who I bet was super happy last. You know who's loving this today? Terry and Kim Pagula. Have to absolutely be loving this today. I, I'm sorry. I maybe there's no there's no doubt in my mind that ownership doesn't get emotional over things, not just here, but in sports in general. And I have to imagine that Terry and Kim popped a pretty nice bottle of champagne last night. 
You know, I mean, come on. You trade the guy away. The two key guys you get in the trade score, you win. Jack has a meltdown after the game and just walks out of here looking like looking worse than he did. He left here last night looking worse than he did after he left when he got traded. Yeah. With the whole fiasco about the neck and all that stuff and the disconnect. I mean, he left here looking as bad as he's ever looked. And he, he could have just gone, not taking the high road. I mean, like, yeah, they played great. I mean, yeah, fans, boo, big he doesn't, deal. He doesn't understand how to take the high road. There's no class in that kid whatsoever. I'd say it right to his face, too. I've watched him for years. I've, I've complained about this as a media person, okay? Media. I'm in media now. That's my job. But you know what? You know what I also was? I also was a player that played in that league for 16 years. You know what else I was? I also was a player. Captain. That was a captain, okay? I dealt with all of it. I was in markets where they peppered you with questions that I literally wanted to strangle. And I mean strangle some of the reporters. Like terrible thoughts. But there's just ways that you can control your emotion. You can control what you say. Sometimes you have to let it out to make a point, but other lots of times you just need to say and deflect. And this, he's just not mature enough to understand. I don't even know if it's maturity because he's not a kid. He's not a kid. He is 24 years old, turning 25. That's, that's a man. That's a guy that's been in this league a very long time. He just struggles. Like he struggles with emotion. He does not know how to channel it. Happy for Craig Anderson. Happy for the Sabres. And uh, yeah, Jack Eichel leaving a nice lasting impression on Sabre fans. I'll tell you one game that will be sold out in the next season. And that'll be when Vegas comes to town. Brian Gianta coming up next. All right, Brian Gianta joining us here on episode 64, and we uh, we just got finished tearing Jack a new asshole, Gio. So uh, welcome, welcome, <laughs> welcome to the episode. And uh, I don't think I need to ask you if you saw Jack's comments last night. Nope, I saw it. I saw it for everything it was. Did you see it live? I, I did see it live. What were you like, thinking oh. when the when you saw the interview live? Listen, I think it, I think it was Rivs that, that uh, tweeted either last night or today, like people that are surprised by it. Like, you shouldn't be surprised because that's how every interview went down when he was here. Now, it was cringeworthy because I knew where it was going to go when it was happening live. I'm like, oh, that's not going to be good. That is not going to be good. But listen, I think he played like he was rattled. He played the whole game like he was rattled. You could see it in his demeanor. And it's it's not easy. We've been there. Like, I, I've gone back to New Jersey. I've gone back to Montreal. Those were both tough places to go back and play. Um, and I was, I was not booed at either place. So I, I don't know how it would be to handle that. But with that being said. Well, that also says something about your character versus, <laughs> you know, what with we're that being about. said, you know what I mean? Like, you have to know 
as much as you want to rattle off, as much as you want to be, as much as you want to be a baby about it, like you can't, you just have to like, you know, that shit's going to go viral and you know that everyone is going to be up in arms and the Sabres, the Sabres fan base, everyone is excited this morning because it was a big win for them and they got Jack rattled. You know what I mean? Like it was a double whammy for them that they just were able to win the game last night. And I, I, I don't know if I text you guys, but the irony of Jack turning it over and Tuck going down and getting the empty netter, I don't think that's lost on anyone, the Sabres organization or the fan base. I think it was just a great night for Buffalo. Now, with that being said, there's still a long way to make this trade one-sided, but it was a great night for Buffalo for sure and not a great look for Jack. Okay, I saw the play live. Was that Jack that Tuck took the puck from there? On, on yeah, the, on the point. It was it on the was. point. So Eichel got kicked out of the face-off circle. Yeah. And then he moved back out to the point into a one-timer position. Then it gets rimmed around. He keeps it in. It's a hard play. You're on your backhand. Like 75% of the guys are going to turn it over. He's in a shitty position. But it's Jack Eichel in Buffalo, first game with Tuck coming at him to get it. And you don't think Tuck was – he he blocked that pass or whatever along the boards, and then he was hustling Tuck down for that off. empty net. Hustling he, down for that empty net. Like just flying. a missile. <laughs> and you know what? His angle of the shot – It was not easy. With the amount of speed that he had moving forward to be able to curdle the puck and missile that thing. Yeah. I don't – if you were to go over and look at this – a hundred times, you're not going to understand how hard it is to do yep. and, and, and finish that goal. I'm actually I'm, really surprised. I'm going to be honest. Surprised. Like most people might not even take that shot. They might just go behind the net, possess it, and then try to find, like he was at a bad angle with heavy speed. It was not easy, but you all, knew he was all going he did for it. was he absolutely he was shelf it. it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was bar, it was bar in, right? Yeah. And you know, it, it just goes to show that, uh, the Sabres were destined. Yeah. The Sabres were destined for this. You know, you had Peyton Krebs that came up with a huge goal. And uh, you could just see, you could just see the bench really pick up after that goal. And, yeah, for sure. you know, the support of, you know, the guys like Peyton Krebs and guys like Alex Tuck, who, who were traded for Jack, you know, and, you know, when you when you sat and listened to Alex Tuck's um, interview after the game last night, you know, he he's just such a good speaker. I mean, he's just he's an incredible speaker. He's just you can tell by listening to him. He takes nothing away from Jack. He played with Jack at the National Development Program talks about how great of a player Jack is. And, you know, there's no animosity between the two of them because they're just players. They got traded for one another. There's no animosity between Jack. It's you're, you're now just looking to perform for your hockey team and do what it takes. And, uh, and it's one game, right? Like it's, it's one game, game. but it, it like how many times have the Buffalo Sabres been on the wrong side of nights like that? Right. So listen, is it forecasting out, uh, foreshadowing, whatever you want to call it for the future? Hopefully, 
hopefully that's a, a, you know, sign of good things to come for the team and the organization, right? Like they're finally on the right side of an event like that, like that, you know, high hype, uh, things coming in star X captain coming in. Like they haven't the been NHL, on the right side NHL of a lot of that. wide coverage. Yeah, that's what NHL I mean. They, wide. they have not single, every single media outlet across yeah. North America. Yeah. Was tuned into this game here in yeah. Buffalo for sure. For sure. And so it was great that they performed. It was great for Anderson. He got his big win in that game. But it's just, for me, I'm happy that they were able to come out on the right side of that. With that being said, it's one game. No one's under the false illusion of what it is, but it's great to see. And it's hopefully That's the, the only game that, that mattered this season. Last night was the only game that mattered this season. The minute Jack Eichel was traded, the, the minute I broke the Jack Eichel trade, the only <laughs> the, <laughs> the only game that mattered this year was March 10th. Because when Vegas went back to, or when Buffalo went back to Vegas, it was big for talk. It was big for Krebs. I don't even know if Krebs was there that night, but you know it was big for Cody Eakin, but he'd already done it. They didn't throw away a season at the chance of getting those guys as a consolation prize. Buff- Buffalo viewed Jack as a savior, okay? And when he got traded out of here and the way things went down, the only game that mattered on, on this season's calendar was last night. And I'll tell you, Gio, you, you nailed it. What you didn't need, you didn't need Jack coming in here getting two goals and an assist and the Vegas Golden Knights winning five to two because that's because I'm going to tell you the truth. That's what I thought was going to happen. That's what I thought was going to happen. And it may happen. It may happen next time. It may happen another time. It doesn't, but that's what I mean by it's great that it happened the way it did last night for this organization, the psyche, the fan base for everything. Like it finally, something went freaking right. Finally, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it was like, hey, maybe this is the corner that has been turned, you know? And it, it, listen, at this point, like you said, Pete, it doesn't matter what happens. He can come in and have a hat trick next game he's here. But they had their night. They had their their moment, you know what I mean? And, and hopefully they can continue that. Well, they got to build off this. This yeah. is a really emotional game. Um, every game is going to be tough. Every game is going to be tough moving moving forward um but i've been impressed with uh you know there's there's some things that still need to be addressed with this hockey team you know that kevin adams know that knows that you know that kevin adams when he took over here um had has a a a focus he has an understanding of the direction in which he wants to take this team i'm sure he has had discussions with the pagulas on his thoughts moving forward and it's going to take time. He's doing it right. He is going to do it right. That being well, said, as, as a fan and not just like, you know, I want to see, and there's a lot of young kids. Like when you look at, you know, Peyton Krebs and Dylan Cousins and, you know, even, even Tage Thompson, who's still a younger player. I mean, I want to see some more support around these players. You mean in the community with the no, fan base? In, no, in or the with game. the with the game with the yeah, game. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I, I, I think. Listen, they're going to get there. Kevin is doing a good job. Kevin will be able to 
make this right. What has happened is there's been turnover between coaches and GMs for so long that each GM, when they come in, they have to take a year to assess what is going on. What are some of the issues? What are some of the players we want to get rid of? Who do we like? And then from there, they have to start their plan. They've never been able to get past the start your plan phase so far in these previous builds. Now, where Kevin comes in and he has an advantage is he was around the team. He was, he was with the team. He was with the organization. He had seen certain things. So his process might be a little quicker in identifying what they need and making moves. And maybe he has the trust of the Pagulas to get that extra time to institute the plan. You know what I mean? And, and that's why we say three to five years. He might be on the three years because he was here already. He knew what some of the issues were. Yeah. But that's this team is finally a team that you can say that there's a future to, that there is something to look forward to. That's what should get exciting. Did you guys see this sign? <laughs> Thanks for nothing, Eichel. Yeah. <laughs> and it's pressed right up against the glass in warm-ups. Sportsnet just tweeted this out, or they tweeted it out last night. I'm just seeing it. I just can't I just can't believe what happened last night. I just can't believe what happened last night. What a fucking baby, man. <laughs> I just I just can't. It's unbelievable. After watching this kid with the media for so many years and it's been mind-boggling. I have literally said this so many times. I'm like I someone needs to take this kid aside. And he legitimately needs training on how to speak in the public how to speak it's to not the, training on how to speak no. in the public man he has um he, he, he did he emotionally did he is unable to uh contain his emotions look at his postseason press conference last year he you know like that took a left-hand turn in a hurry um like it always does. And it's not just after games when they lose game after game after game, year after year here. It's critical moments. Like last night was a critical moment in Jack Eichel's growth to show that he has like you can't come in the day before and say no hard feelings, no animosity. There's no, you know, you know, and whatever else he said, and then lose the game that he fully expected to win only to turn around and say what he said. Like, I mean, there's a a way, right? Like there's a way to, to make that, that same statement without the way he did it. Right. Like to, to convey the same message that he was pissed off at the game. He was, he was not happy about the fans booing him. You know what I mean? Like the reception he got. Like, there's ways There's ways to, to go about it. And he did a good job the, the day before the game, right? Like he said everything that should have been said. He left it like that. But like you said, he his emotions get to him in that moment and he can't stop it. He can't shut it off. You know what I mean? He can't take this thing and say, listen, it was a big game for us. We're fighting for a playoff spot. And we needed a win, and it's really disappointing to come in. Um, you know, I laid it on the line. I did everything I could for this organization, uh, and to get booed is is really disappointing. Like, there's ways to 
around being able to say the same message and, and stuff like that without the, the uh, snippiness of it, I guess, is what comes across sometimes, you know? He couldn't help himself. Yeah. It's- he's sitting there and he's looking at the same faces that asked him all those questions. Mike Harrington, Adam Benini, Paul Hamilton, go down the line of all the same guys that he had to dealt with, had to deal with for years. And I bet he just had a flashback and snapped. Well, it's not easy, right? Like you're pissed off. You just lost the game against your former team. You're in that playoff run. You know, like it, it's not easy. It is not easy. You, you, that's how you feel inside, but that's not what you give to the media. Like when you walk away from that scrum, you go in with your buddies. I go in and we grab a slice of pizza. You know what I mean? Underneath, I'm like, motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like with your fans, teammates in there, you're like, fuck this place, the, man. Like, yeah, you know, exactly, like man. say like, whatever you want, yep. but Jesus. Yep. yep. You know what I mean? Like, so that that's where he has to get to in order to stop making it come out and come out and come out. It'll make his life so much easier if he's able to do that. He's just able to move on like that. And it's not easy. Like, it, that's the raw emotion of it, right? Like, that's what everyone's feeling. That's what every former player, when you come in and lose to your team, that's what you're feeling, but that's not what you give. So at, at the start, I'm watching the game last night with my brother, and he, you know, Eichel's in the starting lineup, and they threw him one of the sniffers, one of the smelling salts or whatever, and he dropped it, right? And my, and my brother goes, oh, my God, he's nervous. He would have <laughs> caught that. And he goes, he's rattled because you know now he knows national TV's on him right this second, and he just dropped the smelling salt that was thrown to him from six feet away. He goes, his hands aren't there. I bet his legs aren't underneath. <laughs> and my my brother's just dissecting everything. He goes, look at all the water he's putting on his neck. I've never seen him put that much water down his shirt before. Like he, like over analyzing everything. And I'm going to tell there you, must have been a lot of pressure on him though. For sure, there is. You know, man. you, you like, look at you look at this. This this kid that that comes to Buffalo at the age of eighteen, and he is he is given the keys to the city, and he is the savior of this organization. That is what was portrayed for years here in Buffalo. Portrayed, expected, blame, all of I'm it. Not like, blaming, blaming just Jack. Jack's got a small yeah. bit of blame, I think, in this. But I'm going to tell you, the, the organization has been run extremely poorly for years. It's not on Jack Eichel why they weren't making the playoffs and were one of the worst teams in the league. This has to do with the the guidance and and the the managing of this hockey team. I don't know, Craig. I don't know. I'm going to challenge you on that because I'm starting to wonder what 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 he brought to the locker room on a daily basis. I'll tell you what I do know. I'll tell you that he didn't talk to very many people. He didn't talk to many players on the team. Didn't 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 communicate with them thought he was above them i mean that's that's a tough way to come to the rink every day if you're trying to contribute to a team geo i know you played with him you were you were his his first cap look at the smile come on geo let it out no no man like it's it's listen i'm a player's first guy you know i mean and i'm a very like when you know me i'm an optimist like i try to find the good in everybody and what Ribs is saying is it was extremely hard for him to come in as an 18-year-old with the expectations that he had. Now, 
many people have done it before. Crosby's done it. Ovechkin's done it. Guys have done it. So it's not unreasonable to expect more out of them. But with that being said, on the human side, it is not easy what he has had to deal with. He has not dealt with it in the right way. He has not treated those around him the right way. And that's part of growth, right? Like that's like if I think of me as an 18-year-old in college, the shit I would do or say, you know, like, and, and I had 20 bucks in my pocket, not freaking 20 million. You know what I mean? Like it's it, it's a perfect storm of events that has happened and led to certain things. And he's let it spiral to the point where his uh perception of him his the view of him of being a baby and pouting about things and not being a good teammate is is now the the narrative around him and he has to find a way to change that he's got to in order to grow as a player grow as a teammate and be on good teams he's going to have to change that perception and how do you do that how do you by, do that by, by little things like like last night like little things if he would have just swallowed it and said the right things, whether you, not that you mean them or not, because you, you, you don't deceive people when you're talking to media and you're protecting yourself. You don't deceive people. You answer the question, but you answer it in a way in which it is tactful in a way that uh, there's the meaning can be construed, but you do it in a higher uh, uh, I, I you you just do it at a higher level where you 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 skirt around it. You mention the certain points and your disappointment, and that the fans uh, were extremely loud. I haven't heard that in seven years. You know, it's great to see for this team coming around. You're like, but like, and then you go and you stew on your own. You know what I mean like that little that little moment would have would have meant a lot, right? Like, and that's the little steps you take in growing into that, right? Like that's the little steps you take to growing into it. And listen, March is so shitty ass penalty. That's a tie game. You take that selfish penalty. Now what (laughs) happens if he doesn't take that, what happens? And now all of a sudden a frustrated Jack Eichel, most of the night, if something just pops in that last couple minutes or it goes to overtime, and now he's got a three-on-three with the skating he has, there might be a different narrative around that game. And it had nothing to do with anything Jack did. You know what I mean? Like, Marcheseau put his team in a bad position and then created a position that Eichel was in to to spout off like he did. You know? Because it might have come down to a shootout where Jack is coming in and he's freaking the guy and he wins it for the team. I was just going to say that how that that would have been that would have been so Buffalo right there. That's what you know. And what I mean by that is like, you know, the the, uh, being on the other side of a poetic moment. Yep. You know what I mean? Like from, you know, whether it's 13 seconds wide, right, you know, no goal. I'm not putting this in that category, but this is your. This was your franchise player, star player. I haven't seen a guy like this since Gilbert Perot, and you know. And then here he is going in the shootout. I was just like, oh my god! Could you imagine the drama around that? Oh my god! Oh my god! Like, <laughs> makes for a good story, but that's what. That's why I say, like, it was a great moment for Buffalo, the organization, the players, and the fans of how it turned out. 
because it, it, it could uh, easily I've turn. I've got a good one for you, Gio. So Jack Eichel's played 11 games, three goals, seven points. You know, solid, solid point totals for not for for not playing for quite some time. Like he hasn't played hockey in a long time. And I look at I look at the 11 games that he played. Um, I think he's uh, seven, seven and four, maybe, or, or sorry, four and seven. Um, What's that? And mean, I guess four and seven. I, the team is four and seven. Yes, the oh, team's the team four is and four seven. And seven. And, and and Jack's in the games that the that Jack has has played. And I don't know if you've looked at the statistics. I don't know if you've looked at the standings right now. They're in a fight. It life. is a very, and I mean, very concerning situation with this team. And I'll tell you why they sit right now in a, in, in a, a battle. They're two points up on the Edmonton Oilers. Okay. Two points up on the Edmonton Oilers. If they lose out from there, I mean, there's Vancouver. Their wild card spot is not much better. Like they lose their division spot, their wild card spot is in jeopardy too. So listen, I mean, if they lose a wild card spot, so if 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 the if the Edmonton Oilers win their next game, they will be tied with Vegas with 68 points. Okay. Vegas would would remain where they are, but I'm saying the second wild card spot right now is 67 points. Okay. Let's just say that Edmonton overtakes Vegas. Dallas Stars right now are one point behind Vegas, and they have three games in hand. Three games in hand. Vegas legitimately could miss the playoffs this year. Good for the draft pick. Yeah. It's top 10 protected, right? But it's top 10 protected, but if it's number 11, it's still a pretty, that's a good pick. Cause about two weeks ago, I was banking on that thing being 25 to 32. Yeah. Listen, you, uh, where, where were they trending in the 10 games previous to Ico coming in? Where was the team? What was their 10 game? I don't know if you can pull that up quick or not. I know they give you the last 10 quickly on your. Yeah. You know um, what I mean? But like, you can't pin that all on Jack, right? Like, no, listen, no, 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 no. They I'm got not, major, they got major. No, no, I know. They got major injuries, you know, they're, but it is very concerning that they're a team and going in the opposite direction with 20 games left. That is not the momentum you want to be bringing down the stretch. Right? So in like, January, they went overtime loss, loss, win, loss, shootout loss, loss. Win, win, overtime loss, loss, win, 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 loss, and then Jack came back in the two nothing loss against Colorado. I mean, they're like fifty. They're like from uh, the sound of it, it sounded like fifty percent. Yeah, right? yeah, like, right? like, like five hundred five yeah. team before Jack, and that's playing with an injured captain in Mark Stone. Yeah. Right. Soon as Jack decided that he was going to come back, they put. Mark Stone on long-term IR 
yeah. because he's he's got to get healthy. He he's got to do. I'm not sure if he had a surgery or if he's just rehabbing, but he needs to get healthy um, before the playoffs. Yeah. What about but, Leonard? What about Leonard? Leonard injury. Yeah. You know, up in the air, your number one goalie. Like yeah. that kid played well last night, right? Like their backup played well, but is but he? Could your, you? Is he your guy? Is your your guy to get you into the playoffs? Like, could you like? If Leonard's out long term, you're in one. You I'm just really I'm just gonna say this. Could you imagine a scenario <laughs> with Jack not making the playoffs? <laughs> I've never wanted that more than I did after last night. Like right? not, nothing there's nothing that would be more more uh satisfying to me as a hockey fan. Than for Jack to go to Vegas after the shit we witnessed here for years and have them miss the playoffs after he was the be all end all. Listen, I, I mean, there's nothing what, that, that I would watching, be another watching win for his the comments organization last night, and the fan base. That would be yeah. another W, would it not? Another W for it. Watching his they don't, even get it, they don't even get an addition in the in the W column, but that's fine. <laughs> Emotionally, it's fine. Go ahead. Exactly. I was just gonna say, watching his comments last night, and and to sit there and direct the hatred towards the Buffalo Sabers fans is mind boggling. If you're gonna direct something in your anger and hatred why would you not throw it back at mike harrington who's made his life a living hell or paul hamilton or john vogel why would you not go back at them why would you if you're going to walk out why aren't you going to be throwing you know darts at at the media members why aren't you going to throw darts at the organization why aren't you going to why in god's name would you sit there and leave that building yeah. taking down the fans? Was he being self-deprecating, you think, Gio, and it came out wrong? Like, is there a chance that maybe no. he – do you think it was direct right hook at it, the it fan was, base? It was, it, was, it was at the fan base. It was at the organization. It but was why at the fan base. The, I wonder. It, it, I, like, just, I just wonder if listen, maybe there's more. There's more because the fans, the fan base, booed the fans him. Booed him. Yeah, they booed that's why every single person on the planet, every single person that has been traded from an organization, comes back to the organization, and you get booed. That's just the way it is. I, I get it, but what I'm like, and and that's where it comes from. That's why he's attacking the fans, right? Because it was high energy. The team played with high energy. It meant more to Buffalo last night, the city, the fans, the players, than it did Vegas. You know what I mean? And he was pissed off about it. And so that's – was that Harrington who asked the question yes, to him? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. It sounded, it sounded like you – know, like, But, like, can you imagine if he just went off on Harrington and been like, and that's you what got I what expect. you wanted, didn't you? You know what I mean? Like, comment back to him. Like, it, it's – listen, that's – that that's the job of the media, right? They're gonna ask those questions. They have the right. All he did was questions. ask him, "What'd you think of the energy? Like, <laughs> like, what'd you think of the fans or whatever?" I mean, but he knew. He knew. He just had to poke the bear. Yeah, Harrington knew. It's that's good. the loudest I've heard. Could you, could you imagine? Like, like it's just like here's the difference, right? Here's the the difference. 
you know, like someone tweeted, I'm, I'm in a glass cage of emotion or whatever <laughs> in, re- in reference to Jack. But could you imagine if they won the game? You know, what his mood would have been like, even if he didn't have a point or played the way he played, like if he won the game, he would have been it would have been so much different. And if he had dominated the game, oh, my God, the organization was great to me. It was great to be here for all these years. Like Jack's just, not used to dealing with adversity. That's what this all comes down to. His entire life, he's been put on a pedestal since he was a young, young boy playing hockey. He's been elite beyond elite. He's one of the best players in the world. He's been treated like that his entire life. And now Jack is dealing with adversity. And this is these are signs right here that when you're a young kid, okay, and you're going up through the ranks of being a young youth hockey player, and into juniors, like you need to take these top end kids down a notch because they need to deal with adversity through life. So when they come to points like this, they have an understanding of how to be and say the right thing. And it's just like, it is absolutely mind blowing right now with how poor, like I've watched a lot of hockey over the years. I've played a very long time. Jack Eichel could be one of the worst speakers to the media when things are when things are They're not bad. going his way. It is unbelievable the maturity level of this of this uh, person. Let me throw this out. I look like you want to go, Petey, but like you want to say something. What was Tim Murray doing, and how many beers did he have watching that game and <laughs> like celebrating uh, the, the small little victory that he had in that? You know what I mean? Like I think back of the draft and how disappointed he was when they lost the lottery. And I'm just thinking, was he just crushing beers last night? enjoying that moment as well. well and, unless he's taking a path down sobriety, I'll say that he was probably loaded by warm-ups. Ribs <laughs> 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 is dying over there, but I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I know I would have been. I mean, if I, if I weren't sober. Well, it was, one of, it was one of the most anticipated games in the last 10 years that I've that I've watched the Sabres. And uh, I'm going to tell you right now, it just feels good to be a Buffalo Sabre today. Okay? It feels good for those young men that are going to come to the rink um, with, with a infectious smile on their face, with the energy that they need to continue to move this thing forward. Um, it... it uh, you know, gives Kevin Adams but that, a little that's bit how, more ammunition. Yeah. And I'll say this, Victor Olsen scored. Not he a bad scored. shot. Not a bad shot, by the Not way. Not a bad shot. Absolute scud missile. I'd trade him in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me ask you this, guys, before uh, before I, you, you guys got to keep going here. I got I to gotta take a call here in a minute. Um, TSN, I. Uh, no, uh Breaking trades. How, how is Jack feeling today after all this? Like, how do you think Eichel feels after the comments, after the feedback and backlash? I think he's pissed off still. I hope that he reflects on it and, and recognizes that he could have handled the situation better and differently. Um, but he is he's he's rattled right now. I think Jack's so arrogant that he doesn't give a shit. 
He's got about 80 million to 100 million reasons why he doesn't give a shit about anything that he says. That's what I think. Anyway. Yeah, I mean. We're going to wrap this, Gio. We're going to wrap we're gonna this wrap bad it? boy up. Let's yeah. do it. Listen, I mean, we've talked enough about this. Um, you know, it, it, uh, it feels good to be a Sabres fan and live here in Buffalo. And you know you're going to be going to the rink all this weekend with your states and everything else. And you're going to be talking about this very thing all weekend long. And uh, I think there's going to be a lot of happy people, a lot of happy people here today with how that team performed last night. There's a lot of really good things with this team moving forward. And this year, you know as well as anybody, Gio, you've been doing this a long time, that this is a big, big character win for this hockey team moving forward. For, For sure. It will propel them, right? Like it gives them that confidence. These are the little victories, and I don't mean on the score sheet that you need. These are the little victories for the organization, for the fan base, for the players that they need to continue to move in the right direction. The narrative hopefully will continue to change, and it won't be that doomsday scenario every time there's a big moment with this team. And this is just one of those small moments that you can just hang your hat on, enjoy. Like you said, down the stretch here, last 20 games, Hopefully this is a, a big, big, big moment for this team to continue to press and uh, make waves. That's right. It's it, Listen, I mean, the team, everybody knew. Everybody knows that this team is a young hockey team. Uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of, there's going to be a lot of changes in the next year, in the next two years. Kevin Adams, I'm sure he's, he's very pleased with, uh, with a lot of players on this roster moving forward, but he knows, he knows that he is going to have to be, um, you know, on his game. And it's about putting the pieces of the puzzle together. There's things that this team is still missing. Okay. I'm not just talking about going out and getting, a, you know, a, you just need to start to surround players with different types there's a lot of skill on this team that's very young even a guy like jack uh jack quinn who came up um has definitely shown that he is is right there okay he's right there and there's a lot of positive things about the whole entire team but you have to start to put the team together in the sense that you know you look at john hayden what he did last night you look at, you know, Casey Fitzgerald sticking up for himself against a really tough customer and uh, Colesar. I mean, this is adding strength within the team on all different types of players. And I know that they, uh, I know that he's going to put this together the right way. And he's allowing these young guys to continue to get better. And, and, and you know what? We're going to be seeing some sure. pretty high-end players in, in, uh, in due time and guys like Power and, and Jack Quinn and, and don't don't underestimate the impact that uh Akposo, a, a character guy like that, oh, yeah. that's been around, has on these these guys. You you need to continue to have character guys like that around him. And he's having a great year statistically, but regardless, his impact in that room is a is a huge thing for these young guys to be around. Yeah, I can't more praise to Caliposo. Yeah. I did that this morning. I think. He's he is literally the pinnacle of what this team needs for 
And, and you, listen, I mean, you were a guy that was brought in geo for your leadership qualities and the type of person and family man that you are. Um, I was kind of like the same situation An older statesman. They need those guys to help these young guys be true professionals and understand what's right and what's wrong. And Kyle Oposo is, is extremely important, not only for the team. Okay. Not only for the team, but he's important for the older leaders on this team. He's important to Alex Tuck. Alex Tuck's 25 years old. Caloposo is extremely important to those guys yep. because Kyle's been in this league a long time. He's seen a lot and uh, he's done a lot and he's playing, he's playing some of the best hockey he's played in a very, very long time. So a lot of good positive things with this team. Um, it was a great game last night. I, uh, I'm sure they're going to take this in and enjoy it, but, uh, you have a good weekend, Gio. Good you luck as well. in the States this, this Thanks, week. Thanks, buddy. Bud. Thanks. All right. Over and out. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at the Instigator 76 And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.